0: Hey, what's up my friend? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Hope you're doing well. We are on episode 132 and I'm uh, really glad you're here today. we got a repeat guest. This is uh, someone we had back on episode 118 fairly recently. And so in fact, if you go back and listen to that episode, you'll hear at the end, we just got a little carried away. We we're like, we need to have you back. So today we were bringing back Miss Tamson Webster, who again, we had on episode 118. And on 118, we talked all about Ted. TED Talks, TED X, TED Events. And so if you are interested at all about TED, you definitely want to go back and listen to that episode. But today we had Tamson on to come back and talk about creating your talk and making sure that you're clear on what the goal is, the main idea of what the talk is that you're working on. So in this conversation, we talk about how to figure out what that goal of your talk should be, how to find your big idea, what the three components of a good talk must have, and then also how to frame your talk in a way that actually gets you booked. And then, in fact, Tamson put together a little bonus for us that you will hear at the end of the uh, of the episode and the interview. So uh, I think you're really going to dig this. Now before we get into the conversation with Ms Tamson, Let me remind you, if you haven't already, you definitely want to stop by freespeakerworkshop.com. If you are someone who is a a new speaker or someone that's a veteran speaker, but bottom line is you want to speak, but you're just having a tough time figuring out how do you find and book more paid speaking engagements, then you definitely want to go by freespeakerworkshop.com. Again, that's freespeakerworkshop.com, so make sure you check that out. All right, so let's get into it. Here's my uh, chit chat, chatteroo. Haven't said that in a while, but I'll float that out there. <laughs> I get some emails and tweets about that every every so often. All right, let's get into it. Here's my uh, conversation with Miss Tamson Webster. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Today, we are joined by the lovely Miss Tamson Webster, who is back for part two. And we were talking a little bit beforehand. She is one of the only repeat guests that we've had. That's just how good she is. So, I can't stay away. Well, I know. We just love you. We're going <laughs> to find a reason to bring you back for the, the a third time. You may be the, you'd be the first three-peat. It'd gotta, be like
1: Betty Davis and her trying to get her three Oscars or something. I we gotta, don't know. We'll we'll
0: come up with something that you, we can bring you back <laughs> for. So Tamson, we talked with her uh, back in episode 118. We will link up to that in the show notes. We encourage people to check that out. A really great conversation all about Ted and TEDx. And so uh, anytime I even now I get questions about Ted, I was like just go listen to this episode. Tamson knows all things Ted and TEDx. So a really great episode. But one of the things we were kind of wrapping up talking about on that was trying to find a big idea. And that's really what, what hmm. TED Talks are all about is this one clear, concise idea that you really can kind of hang your hat on. And so we were, we were starting to talk on that. We were like, hey, let's just make this a whole new episode. And so that's kind of what led us to here. But before we get into that, why don't you, for people that haven't heard 118, can you just give us a quick 30 second, 60 second snapshot of who Miss Tamson Webster is?
1: Absolutely. I am Tamsin Webster. I am the executive producer of TEDx Cambridge. I'm also the CEO and founder of my company, Strategic Speaking. And I like to describe myself as part idea whisperer, part message strategist, and part magpie
0: all of the above there. Very nice, very nice. Well, okay, let's start with this. So I want to talk about the how speakers find their big idea. What should the big idea be? How do we know when we've arrived at it? Working through the the clutter to get to the big idea. But to I guess almost to take a step back. Like what are your thoughts in terms of like what should be the goal of speaking? And let's kind of go like high level there because there's some speeches that you hear that you're like, I was entertained, but I didn't necessarily learn something or I learned something, but it was boring or, you know, what it challenged me to think or challenged me to act. Like, what's the point of speaking in the first place? Like we're going, we'll we'll go right into the deep. All
1: right. We're going big. (laughs) I like it. You are starting strong, Grant Baldwin. I believe that the purpose of giving a talk is to change permanently how someone thinks or acts about something in their life. So whether that, and there's lots of folks that say that, that you know, that it should change the world. And I agree, but I agree that the world is whatever you define it. But really it comes down to, you know, entertainment alone is not the goal. Effectiveness is. And I think as speakers that that's really where our focus must be not only for ourselves, because otherwise, why are we doing this? Are we really doing it just to make somebody feel something? Because I would much rather have someone feel something and then do something as a result of that feeling. Yeah. And and that's within everyone's reach, which is, this. I think, why I get frustrated about it. Because there's these masterful entertainers, and there's just these tiny, tiny little tweaks that could be put in place. And all of a sudden, they would be masterfully effective as well. Right. And I'd love to see more of that. And Frankly, I think, as far as the speaker business goes, based on my background of business and what I see, I think speakers are going to need to move towards that. I think, increasingly, meeting organizers are not okay with just entertainment, just motivation, just inspiration because there's a massive return that they have to show on these investments in conferences and investments in webinars they need to know they need to go beyond just the asking for actionable takeaways and get feedback from the audience that they actually got them and that they're going to do something with them. So for me, it's about effectiveness. Do you change people?
0: Right. Which is, it can be difficult to quantify that at times, you know, because you don't necessarily know what the audience went and actually did with that. And so I think it's, it's difficult for a speaker sometimes to, we can't make someone, you know, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink type of thing. You know, we can, yeah. <laughs> we can, we can tell them what to do, but you can't make them actually do something. So how do you, like you, sometimes you hear people love, like, you know, I change people's lives. Well, do you, I don't want to get into semantics, but like, are you changing someone's life or are you like inspiring them to take action in their own life or you know kind of what that what that might look like
1: i think the ultimately what we need to do as speakers is create the space for change you can't make people change you're absolutely right you cannot force them to do it there's this there's this fundamental psychological principle called psychological reactance and it's what is engaged when you tell someone to do something and they there's this part of them that goes, no, I won't. Yeah. If you have children, you know that very, very well, but we don't ever grow out of that. If I tell you to do something, there's going to be some part of you, even if you want to do it, that's going to resist just because. And so it's incumbent on speakers. I think it's our responsibility to make it as easy for someone to say yes to that change as possible. And so, you know, I'm going to always go in if I'm the speaker or if I'm working with a speaker as a client, I'm always going to go in with the goal of let's change how they do something. That should be our, our goal. But at the very, very least, we should be changing how they think about it yeah. because that's always going to be the first step.
0: So, okay, let's come back to the big idea then. So I, I know that I want to speak to help incite change in some way, you know, uh, emotionally or thinking or them ideally, i taking action in some way. But when it comes to finding the big idea, that feels like an overwhelming process because it feels like, and there's a lot of directions we can, we're going to go here, but let's just start with like, where do you even begin to find that big idea? You
1: know, <laughs> Here's a secret. The reason why it's so elusive to find the big idea, to find the message is that we're looking for, we're looking for one thing. Mm-hmm. and it's not. It's more like a scavenger hunt where you have to find the pieces of something and then you fit them all together. And then all of a sudden, the big idea arises from that. Like that. And so that's the biggest reason. Like We go try to find the thing and we think that it is the whole when in fact, it's a sum of parts. And so the first and simplest way to make it easier to find the big idea is to understand what are those component parts that have to be present before you can See that big idea arise out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. What are those key component parts?
1: So, the most important part. So, if you want to remember three, they are the problem, the idea, and the change. And so, let me back up a little bit about that because most people will say, Oh, well, of course, you know, problem, solution, we're good. Yeah. But it doesn't work like that. It really doesn't work like that. And uh, I don't think I used my doctor's office example when I was on the the last episode. That's fine. Yeah. Nice. All right. So even if I did, you're listening again. So we'll do it's it again. Several,
0: it's several months later.
1: It's, it's several months later. So think about it this way: we always need to know going in what it is the change that we want to have made. That's why I believe that's the goal of speaking. We start there. What's the change you want to have happen? And that's in many ways the solution that we're offering to people. Mm-hmm. But if you were in your doctor's office and just in there for a regular checkup, and if before she even touched you or said anything to you or examined you at all, she just walked in and said, have I got the surgery for you, buddy? Like, this is <laughs> awesome. I am so well trained in it. Like, you know, your your life is going to change afterwards. It's amazing. It's the most innovative thing. You're like, what the heck, right? Slow you're down. like, uh, you're down, like, no, slow that's down. slow down, buddy. But we've all seen speakers that do that. And that's the equivalent of selling from the stage and not in the good way. I mean, that's the selling from the stage that makes you like want to throw things at the speaker yeah. because somebody walks right in and just starts to pitch you a solution. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa I got to back up. Yeah. So that means we absolutely do need a problem. But even then, it's not enough because just because a problem and a solution get paired together, it's still not enough. So let's go back to that doctor's office. Now, let's say your doctor's standing behind you and she says, oh, Grant you have a spot on your back. Have I got the surgery for you? There's still a question. Man. They're like, well, how, wait, what What kind of spot is this? Like, is surgery really necessary? And even if I were to really compellingly tell you about this, I told you this amazing personal story about a spot in surgery. And then at the end of it, you're like, what a great storyteller. Why do I need the surgery <laughs> right, again? Right. I mean, and that's, because there is this missing link, which is, I mean, I call it the idea, but it's a very specific kind of idea that sits in between. And probably the better word for, for it, though it's longer, which is why I don't use it, is this realization. There's this realization that has to happen in between the, any definition of a problem that you put out there and the solution that you offer. And this idea is the thing that explains why the problem is such a problem And why the change that you're recommending is really based on that problem, the only thing that you could do that would make sense. And here's the thing, that idea has to make sense. So if I say, hey, Grant, you've got a spot on your back, it's lint. And then, okay, now I've got surgery. You're like, no, 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 no. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. So it's, it's got to make sense. So if I say, hey, you know, there's a spot on your back, It looks a little troublesome. So I think we need to do something that allow us to look at it a little further Mm -hmm. Now you're at least willing to consider it because right. now you understand why is that problem such a problem. So the first essential pieces that we need to figure out as speakers are is that that triad of problem idea change. Because without that, everything else about the the talk will fall apart.
0: So it seems like part of of having and explaining the problem isn't just to identify that there is a problem that we need to address, but also it seems like just getting everybody in the audience on the same page meaning that everybody's gonna come from a different frame of reference and context and even like what happened that day before they came into that session. That's one thing I I talk with speakers about is you have no idea what's going on in the lives of the audience that is in that room. I just got in a fight with my spouse. I just got in trouble with my boss. I just had this huge thing, this major stress that I'm dealing with. So just getting everybody on the same page of where the talk is going is really critically important. So once you've identified that problem, you've spelled that out, the audience has bought in like, okay, I see. I'm willing to go on this journey with you. I'm going to play along here. So then it's not necessarily bringing the solution, but rather the idea.
1: Correct. You can't go to the solution yet. They're really, they're still not ready for it because even if you get them to agree that, all right. And what I love to do with the problem actually is to reveal something deeper and more common and more connected than just here are all the things that we're experiencing right now. Those are the known things. You know, a problem when it comes to putting a talk together is much, much more powerful when you can, this is what I tell the speakers that I work with, when we can find the binary pair that describes the problem. Because what you're basically saying in the first, in you know, kind of first big chunk of a talk is the world that you think it exists you think that's the real world, you're actually living in this Bizarro upside down world.
0: Sounds like an illusion.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, oftentimes if I'm, you know, I spent my career in marketing, so I use a, you often use a marketing example for this. So for a marketing talk, let's say that I want the, I want the topic of the talk to be about content marketing. And the change that I want people to make ultimately is to change the way that they're approaching producing that content in the first place. So I can start with, from the perspective of what is the audience walking in with? What do I think that they want from this talk? And I can talk about all the reasons they think they're not getting it. You know, they want more conversions from their customers, but they might say, well, the channels keep changing, or I don't know who my customer is and all of that stuff. I need to set up a way to understand all of that that's crystal clear and simple to the audience. And the easiest way to do that is to figure out what is that opposing pair for which they are only seeing one side. So for content marketing, for instance, it could be something like you're paying so much attention to the channels that you're missing what's going through them. It's what I call a water and pipe problem. You're focusing so much on the pipe that you don't realize that you've got sludge running through it. Now, a different speaker, and this is where it gets really exciting because this is where different people can put their own stake on the same, their own stake in the same kind of topic is another speaker might say, No, 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 no. It's the fact that you are focusing so much on your content that you're missing the fact that your pipe is leaking all over the place. Now, both speakers are probably trying to get to some world where you're paying attention to both. But in order for the audience to really buy in, you've got to figure that piece out first. Like, what is this really sharply defined definition of the problem? Now, once you've done that, once you've said, okay, well, the problem is you've got sludge in your pipes. Like, The quality of the content isn't high. Then, before I say so, I, you know, what's not satisfying to an audience is so everybody, that's why we need to focus on the quality of our content. No, because they want an indication of why and how. Right. So, you need to be able to tell them some fundamental piece of information. This is what I mean by the idea that changes permanently how they view that problem as you defined it, and therefore changes permanently how they see the world that they're in. I like to say it has to be something that they can't unhear. You know, so it could be something as simple if I'm talking about a marketing talk with the fact that you know, I'm going to borrow a phrase from from my husband, who's also a speaker, you know, how people buy changes, but why they buy never does. I think I screwed that up, but like, that would be a piece, like that's a line you that know, I would want to yeah. make sure is in Memorable, the talk. It's tweetable. It's tweetable. And that's what you're really looking for, for each of these things, for each of the, you know, each of these pieces of what I call the red thread should have a statement that, sums that up. So, you know, one of the ones that I often use in my talks is that marketing doesn't move people, meaning does. That's a central idea of of a talk that I give, which is, that's what you have to understand. Like, this is fundamental, that meaning is what moves people. Only once you understand that, let's say I said that, like, marketing doesn't move people, meaning does, which means now when I set up the change, which is, I want you to design your content marketing meaning first. Now I have solved all the problems that we have talked about, both the known ones and this problem of I've got sludge in the pipes and all this other stuff. And by the way, I can add on that we're also going to, if we focus on meaning, we can solve the pipe problem too, because we're going to have a much better understanding of where is that meaning going to have the most effect. And therefore we can use it to start to select our channels for our marketing better.
0: So if I'm understanding correctly, you've got problem, idea, change, and almost like all three of them are their own idea, but Correct. they I mean, they overlap and they relate obviously to the, the central thread of the, of the yes. talk, but they're each kind of their own standalone line that here's the problem, here's the idea, here's the change. Here's
1: the change. Absolutely. So guess what? You know that r- advice that says find three ideas and build your talk around it? In a lot of cases, those are they, and guess what? It's when that's the case. It ends up being a much more fundamentally interesting talk because that that shift of there's a problem. I've now had this kind of crisis moment where the world I've known it has fundamentally changed, and now I have to resolve it. Is storytelling one hundred and one? And you didn't even have to figure out what your protagonist and your antagonist and what your rising action and falling action was. For a lot of talks that, that fit into what I call a what now format, like that the talk is pretty much equally divided in, in the time it takes you to get to those three ideas. So if it's a 30, 40-minute talk, it's probably going to take you about 10 minutes to really land that this is the problem. And then essentially what you're asking of the audience, so you're not necessarily going to use these words, is, do you agree? You want to make sure that they would probably say yes. Then and only then can you start to make the case for the idea. Well, here's all the reasons why that's a problem. Here are the things that I've learned about this. And if this is true and this is true and this is true, then we have this realization. Marketing doesn't move people, meaning does. And this is why da, 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 and you're spending another probably third of the talk to get to all right, this is what the change is that now what this what does this mean? We need to close the meaning gap before we close the marketing one. Now, how do we do that last third of the talk? So now you might be wondering, well, does even a a how-to talk follow that same pattern. Absolutely. But you would probably do the problem idea and the change, like right in the first 10 minutes. And then the rest of the talk or the remaining 20, 30, 40 minutes, if it's a 45 minute talk, say is all going to be on the details of that, what I call the action, which is technically, so the, let me back up a little bit. Cause those three, the problem, the idea the change are the core absolute. Those are the fundamental pieces that have to be in any talk. There's two other pieces that are useful. And we'll actually make finding those pieces a little bit easier. And one goes on the beginning and one goes on the end. And so the one that goes on the beginning is what I call the goal. And the most important thing I can tell you about the goal is that this is not your goal as the speaker. It is not, I'm going to say it again, it is not your goal as the speaker. It's the audience's goal when they walk in. It's the thing that they want that your talk would help them get, but they—if you just ask them, "Hey, would you want this?" Right. they would readily say yes to, right? So instead of saying, "Hey, do you want surgery?" it's basically saying, "Hey, do you want to stay healthy?" That's oh. the difference, like because they're going to go, "Yeah, I want that," and then you've got them, and then you can start to say, "But we've got a problem, right? We've got all these things that are in the way," da, 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 da. and then you're setting up that now you go from that goal to the problem.
0: Gotcha. Do they know yeah. that they want that when they walk in or are you bringing that to the start? Like what's that old Henry Ford quote that, you know, if people, if people <laughs> wanted fast, they'd give them faster horses. I don't know. I'd right, exactly, but, yeah. But, but like, it's one of those, like, I don't know that I need it until you showed me like, Oh, here's, I didn't even know that was a solution or an option.
1: I'm going to say, is it possible that they don't really know it Oh, I wouldn't frame it that way at the beginning of a talk. I really wouldn't because it's just you're putting people on the defensive unless you can tell a story at the beginning of the talk that that just totally blows their mind and shows them a vision for the world that they had never even imagined. Then you can set up and say, you know, most of us walk in thinking we just want X, Mm -hmm. but that person got Y. How did they get there? Well, first we have to look at, well, what are we dealing with right now? Why did we want X in the first place? Because this is why the goal is worthwhile, you know, but these are the barriers, these are the barriers. But here's what that person realized that we didn't, that there's this other problem. And so once they could figure out how to solve that problem, then they went way beyond X, you know, they went to C squared, right? (laughs) And then you can say, so how do we get there too? Well, first we really have to understand the nature of that problem. So... I would call that advanced speaker construction. That's okay. like advanced talk construction. I would say for most people, you even if you just s- start to think consciously about how to articulate either in a subtle or overt way out of the gate, what are they going to get from listening to the talk and something they would agree with, it's already going to make your talk a thousand times better than it is right now you mentioned because we usually don't think about it no that's right because we usually just don't think about it
0: you mentioned goal on the front end and so what Mm -hmm. was the so that we got goal and then sandwich in the middle problem idea change what's on the back end
1: On the back end are actions and actions are, they are how you create the change. They are the things that the audience needs to have or do in order for that change to take effect. And so not every talk has them, frankly, because if you're talking like a truly big idea talk, a lot of Ted talks, for instance, don't actually have actions at the back. They stop at the change because the whole idea was this idea is so new I can only get you to an understanding that we need to think differently about it.
0: And that's okay. Not.
1: Oh, that's absolutely okay. So a great example of a talk that does that is, I would say, Jill Bolte Taylor's TED Talk uh, called "My Stroke of Insight." Yeah. yeah. So it's about her realizing how our brains work yeah. because she had a stroke, and all of a sudden she realized when her brain broke, she understand she was able to answer a fundamental question. That talk, by the way, is not only a great example of a talk that is successful by stopping at the change, but she is telling people what she wants them to do. She is saying, we can consciously choose to use both sides of our brains. In 20 minutes, she could not have gotten people both to that point and told them how to do it. Yeah. like that's that You can't do both in 20 minutes. At the same time, there's some talks that are all about how. So there's this beautiful short talk. Two different ones that I love that are beautiful short talks that are what I call how talks where, you know, in four and a half, five minutes, it's just all basically, here's the problem. Here's the idea. Here's the thing we have to do differently. Now let me spend the rest of the time telling you how to do that. Examples of those are Joe Smith's How to Use a Paper Towel. And I forget the speaker, but the name of the talk is Talk Nerdy to Me, which is is basically teaching scientists and data folk how to speak more clearly and more meaningfully with, with their talk. So both of them are, are super great. But back to the actions. If your talk requires actions in order to be successful, and some do, because some people are gonna be like, oh that's great, but how do I actually do that, Timson? Thanks. Cause I can say to someone, hey, so we have to close the meeting gap before the marketing one. And if I just was like, and thanks, people were like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> Dude, that's not useful. I have to give them a how. And of course, for me, it's the red thread is the how of doing that. So the actions, there's really a couple different ways you can approach actions if you need to have them in the talk. One is that they are a stepwise process. You know, in, in my case, you know, find the red thread. I really do say, like, we need to figure out the goal and then the problem and then the idea and then the change and then the action. That's really important for your the success of your talk. It can also be something that I would you could also think of it. Actions can also fall into what I call categories. So, Let's say I wanted to achieve something a little bit differently with the talk. My personal goals for the talk were different. and Rather than wanting people to go and start using the red thread, I I wanted to more globally affect how people were thinking about marketing. I could say, all right, now here are the categories about where we could improve the meaning of the marketing that we're doing. We could do it in... Yeah, Or the meaning, let's say we need to do it in business strategy and it would look like this and we need to do it in marketing strategy and it looks like this and we need to do it in product strategy where it would look like this. So those are, that's an example of the categories of action. So here's the big level change. You close the meaning gap before the marketing one. Here are the categories of where we need to do that. And then the third way that actions can show up that I've seen is in criteria, so, criteria would mean, what do you need to have in order to be successful with that change? So, if, say I'm using the same example, if I want to use the example of you know, closing the meeting gap before the marketing gap, then here are the criteria that we need to have. We need to have an understanding of what our company's goals are. We need to have an understanding of our ideal customer. And we need to understand fundamentally who and what we are. Like So, that would be a way to just, you know, to include quote unquote actions for a talk that still don't take you into breakout session workshop category of how to which i think could be very helpful particularly if you're trying to if you're trying to lift your talks out of breakout session category and into main stage and keynote you actually have to start lopping off the tactical how to's generally in order to be more successful on those larger stages.
0: That makes sense. When you're looking at the three primary pieces there, the problem, idea, change, which should you start with? Should you start with the problem and now I need to find the idea for it? Or do I reverse engineer and say, I've got this idea. What's the problem I'm actually solving here? Where, where do you begin?
1: You know, the cool thing is you can you can start anywhere. You really can reverse engineer from any of them, And because they are so tightly intertwined that... If you have this fundamental idea, like you have all the resources, you just need to know how to use them. Like you, if you believe that, and that is a that is an idea that you want to get out into the world, then you can back up and say, well, what's the real problem that solves? And this goes back to, you know, there's this Uber question that has to get answered before you really can answer any of this. And this is, well, who is this message for? Who Fundamentally, who is it for? Yeah, and I don't mean a target market. I'm not talking about it's for... It's for moms that are 25 to 34, or it's for millennials or whatever. A way to really think about this and it, it, that will help clarify your thinking is that this talk is for people who want X, but struggle with Y. Yeah, And yes, it can be within, all right, this is for entrepreneurs, like right, great, fabulous. Now go one step deeper. Yeah. Entrepreneurs who want or who value, let's say entrepreneurs who value work-life balance, but struggle with how to get there.
0: Right, right.
1: Right. And then they're okay. Like, okay. Great. Now that starts to set up a goal. Like now I know walking in that they want a better path to work life balance. Great. All right. Well, what's the problem with that? Well, the problem is if I, if back to that idea, if I want that idea to be you have all the resources you need, you just need to use, understand how to use them. The problem could be if I'm looking for that binary pair, remember, it could be you're looking outside of yourself for the answers and not inside. You're trying to acquire the skills to do this when in fact you, the the, the skills that you actually need are here, are internal, because that's the idea. You could say you're looking outside for these skills. And what's that doing to you? That's adding more pressure. Um, You're an entrepreneur already. And now you're trying to learn more skills when you're struggling just to maximize the skills that you've already got. Here's why that's never going to work. Because everything you need, you already have internally. So maybe you're not great at project management, but you know what you are great at it. Maybe it's delegation. So here's what we need to do differently. See, and then it can start with the change. Uh, And then you can lead to the change. Sometimes people are really drawn to like, man, this is the problem I just want to see in the world. Everybody's looking at the big picture and they're missing the details of this important topic, whatever it is, you know, or it's the reverse. They're seeing all these details and they're missing the big picture. Well, you could say, okay, great. But what do I want? Now you start to say to yourself, "Well, why? Either why do I think that's such a problem?" Which will start to lead you towards the idea, or you can go to, "Well, what do I want people to do about that? If I could wave a magic wand, what could I do with that?" And realize that that answer can't just be the reverse of the problem. As a, my, a good friend and fellow speaker says, you can't reverse engineer the need. So if the problem is you're seeing, you know, you're seeing the big picture, the solution isn't. Look at the, you know, look at the details. It needs to be something that incorporates that idea and builds on it. Yeah. That's where a few things happen. A, you get that built-in narrative arc, which makes a talk more interesting. B, you make the audience feel smarter. And that's really important yeah. because any talk where you're asking people to change runs a high risk of making an audience feel not smart. And that's not good. You never want to position something like, well, why didn't you see that, you dumb, dummy? You know, it's like, you don't want to put people in that position. Right. You want to say that however they're seeing the world makes sense. So when you say, okay, you were seeing the world this way, but now see if I show you this new new thing, this idea, ah, now see, now you've got a different view of the world. You have a more complete view of the world. And now that we have this complete view of the world together, wouldn't you agree that this is a change that would make sense if that's still the goal that we want to achieve. Yeah. So that's how that all fits together.
0: Okay, let me ask you this, Uh, and we can kind of wrap up here. If I am working on a talk and I'm working on my problem, my idea, my change, and I've got some rough ideas of what this all could be, what this all could look like, how do I find the balance between what I feel like is this, this is a really big idea to me, But the industries and organizations and groups that I want to speak to and work with, they're not actually hiring speakers to talk about that. So Mm. it's kind of like one thing I tell speakers all the time is just because it's important to you doesn't make it important to the client. And just because you think it should be important to the client doesn't make it so. So just because I think like you should absolutely bring me in to talk to your team about this doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to talk about it. So how do I blend this thing between like, here's what I think is my big idea or what I'm interested in talking about versus here's what's actually being hired hired for in the marketplace?
1: (laughs) So it's a little bit sneaky, but it's not really because it goes back to the goal. And what I would say is if you want to talk about something that's fundamentally not what people are buying right now, you need to package it through the lens of what they are. So you know, if I'm talking to people about this red thread, this concept about how you can focus on meaning before marketing and before branding, the working title of that talk is Find the Red Thread, The Hidden Path to Building a Better Brand. Now, this is not a branding talk because, in fact, in the talk, what I'm doing is saying, I think branding is ridiculous. I think branding is actually the problem. But I'm not, you know, people aren't going to necessarily, I'm like, I could potentially, it's not really my personality, but I could potentially sell myself as the anti branding, branding speaker. But people do want to build a better brand. Yeah. And they're going to readily agree to that. So I can say, find the red thread, your hidden path to building a better brand. All the hints are there about the things that I'm talking about because the whole idea of these goal, problem, idea, change, action, this red thread, is that it already exists. All we have to do is surface it. We have to uncover it. And when we do that, just like we're talking about for talks, we have this incredibly powerful structure, both intellectual and emotional structure, on which to hang this change that we are there to speak about in the first place. So really, it's about if the idea that you're putting out there is such a fundamental shift from what people are looking at, frame it through the thing that they are looking for. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's going to mean that you you need to accept different results from your speaking. So uh, my coach and mentor, because I like to say all coaches need coaches, Nick Morgan of Public Words. So he, he sat me down in the early days of working together. He's like, Tamsin, here's what's going to look like if you want to talk about talks. He's like, it's not going to pay you is the the communications speaking world is people don't think they need it. So if you are passionate about it, go for it.
0: Just know what you're getting into.
1: (laughs) Know what you're getting into. And I was like, well, actually, you know, it's not really that. It's like the reason why I talk about talks is because it's a backdoor to finding this red thread for people. And once they find that, then they're in a much more strong, they're much more powerful position to find other talks to make sense of the the path they've taken to date. you know They can go back and when someone says, well, why did you talk about this and then this and then this and then this? Or why do you have these four different topics that don't make any sense together? And then you can say, if you understand that red thread for you, you can back up and go, don't you see? It's all about this. Right. Right. And that's really the secret because what a spe- the hardest question for a speaker to answer effectively from what I have found is this one. What's the talk about? People have a really hard time answering that question quickly. But once you have these components for your talk, the goal, the problem, idea, the change, and the action, you actually have everything you need to answer that question quickly. So if I'm talking about, let's go back to that content marketing talk, for instance. Here's the secret. When you answer that question, it should always include some version of the goal with Either the problem, the idea, or the change, depending on what you think is going to be the biggest mind blow to the people that you're talking to. And so yeah. I could say, if someone's saying, well, what's this content marketing talk about? Well, I could say, well, it's about how when we focus on meaning, we actually make it easier to make the most of the channels that we use. That's what the talk is about. Yeah. Because, And it's also going, oh, meaning? Oh, well, tell me more about that. And then when people say, tell me more about that, then you could back up and then... The other cool thing about the red thread is it fits into this, I call it the Mad Libs for Meaning, this kind of quick storyline. Well, we can all agree that we want our marketing to convert better, goal, but the problem is we spend so much time focusing on these channels because they keep changing that we're missing what's going on inside of it, problem. But if we understand that you know how people buy ch- keeps changing but uh, or why people buy or where they buy or whatever I said before keeps changing, but how they buy never does or why they buy never does then, that's the idea, then we can understand that when we focus our marketing on meaning, we're able to get those better conversions. That's what the time, so how do we right. do that? And 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 then there you go. So you've got the short version, and the long version. And really for a speaker, it's about And this goes back to your first question. Well, how do we find the big idea? And that's why you can't find it. Like if you just try to say, well, what's the talk about? People usually start this like long process of explaining (laughs) like, well, it starts with this. I tell this story and then I go to this point and then I go to this point. When really, yeah, exactly. When really the answer is the message of the talk is the goal. The thing that the audience will get plus, you know, some combination of, of those other three things, the problem, the idea, the change, and as a speaker, then what you do is you take those things and that's the explanatory version, but you can do, you need a selling version too. You need one that is, you know, if someone says, well, what's the red thread talk about? I said, well, it's the, it's, that's my hidden path to building a better brand. They'll build a better brand. That's the goal. Hidden path is, well, what do you mean a hidden path?
0: Right. What's the path I want you to know that I don't know.
1: Exactly. Right, right. And particularly since it's called find the red thread, now I've set it up as a, the, the, the the term in movies is a MacGuffin. I have set it up as a thing that people want, like the Maltese Falcon and the Maltese Falcon. And now they're like, well, what is that thing? And it's going to get me about a brand. Well, I want to hear about that. Yeah, yeah. But I can still say, okay, well, what is, you know, what's the talk about? The talk is about this universal structure for meaning making that underlies why we make the buying decisions that we do.
0: Very good. Miss Tamson Webster part two. My goodness. Part two. She's not messing around, <laughs> people. So now I know like this where again we're just kind of scratching the surface. We're just pulling the red thread and there's still yes. so much more there that's woven together. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, and, and especially this red thread concept that you've been you've been weaving throughout here, where can we find out more about this?
1: Sure. So all about me at TamsinWebster.com. If that's not memorable, then try findyourredthread.com, which will redirect there. I have a weekly video series that I started about, I don't know, I guess it must be about 10 weeks ago now, yeah. where it's short. So, so usually between three and eight minute little videos that just... Either apply it or explain more about it, or just give you a little piece of information for it. Here's the secret: they're all built on a red thread too. So here, if you see if you can hear it as well. But the other thing is that in July, I'm doing the second of what I, I'm calling a red thread retreat, and that's uh, July 15th and 16th. It's going to be in Chicago on North Franklin Street, I believe. And the idea there is that you walk in with a good idea and you walk out with a great one, plus everything you need to sell and pitch that talk. So you know, that kind of quick and short versions of answering that question I just talked about, plus just you know, how do you write a description for it? How do you write the, the abstract of the talk? So if you want to find information on that, that's at TamsonWebster.com slash retreat.
0: Beautiful. Well, we will link up to all of that in the, awesome. the show notes. Miss Tamsin, we may have to find a, th- a third time to bring you back. <laughs> You're, gonna, oh, be you're awesome. gonna be the you'll be the, the three P <laughs> champion. So
1: be the Betty Davis of the Speaker Lab <laughs> podcast.
0: <laughs> well, we appreciate the time. Always good to chat with you, and we appreciate you sharing your your wisdom and knowledge with us.
1: Oh, my pleasure, Grant.
0: All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tamson Webster. Again, check out the bonus that she put together over at tamsonwebstercom slash The Speaker Lab. Again, that's tamsonwebstercom slash The Speaker Lab. Check out what she put together there for you, that red thread worksheet. I think you're really going to dig that. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. Again, I'd encourage you to check out freespeakerworkshop.com if you are looking for a step-by-step system to help you find and book speaking engagements freespeakerworkshop.com is the place to find that. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.